This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Support. Curtis Fleming is down the edge of the air. Fleming for What's Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Oh! coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abinelli spots out. Welcome back to the Ball Breakdown Podcast, live on Red Army Radio. And if you found us on the podcast apps, thank you very much for joining us. I'm Johnny, I'm with Dana and Elliot, and we're chatting about Middlesbrough Football Club. Middlesbrough haven't scored in the last three games, they're in the bottom three, and we're in a bit of trouble. Um, so we're going to chat um, in this podcast about Fulham, maybe a bit of a lack of confidence, the January window, we'll move on to Derby, and, and probably go on a massive Run like we always do. So massive uh, Bora breakdown tangent. Massive Bora breakdown tangent. Um, Bora breakdown bingo will be in full swing as well. Um, so let's chat about Fulham straight off the bat. Um, ten men, uh, Fulham for seventy minutes, still nil nil. Millsborough had twelve shots on twelve shots, one on target, and it was in the ninety fourth minute by Paddy McNair. Quite quite an easy question here, Dana for you. Um, should Bora have won the game? yeah we should have I mean I was fuming after the game to be honest because you know before a ball was kicked I was taking a point but the way that like the game panned out in the context of it you know to for them to have a goalkeeper sent off very early on you know they effectively opened the door for us and we walked into the wall like I just don't like one one shot on target in the in stoppage time at the end of the game it's it's not good enough Mm, no (laughs) Yeah, you can you can say that. You can say is it well, is it good enough at all, Elliot? Were you a bit fuming when you came up from your pint after about seventy fifth minute and realised <laughs> it was still no? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think <laughs> I think um I think Dana's right. I, I think uh losing a man so early on for Fulham and uh not coming away with uh, not even just not even coming away with anything, it's just kind of the fact that we had to wait till the ninety third minute to see a shot on target was abysmal. Um it's just Woodgate said in his press conference after that it killed the game, and I'm thinking, why should it have killed the game? It's a it's a benefit that they got somebody sent off. It's you've like got to adapt, haven't you? Yeah, you can't that's, adapt. That's all everyone said all week. It's like you can't. All right, the game plan was probably um, to try and stifle Fulham and then try and look to 
hit him on the counter because they were the quality in their team going forward was really good. Um, but at the same time, it's like when they get a man sent off, that's your opportunity there. Um, and our main creative outlet was playing centre back. Mm. So yeah, I was thinking, right, they've got a man down, push Paddy McNair into midfield straight away, and start to take some more risks. Yeah, and we didn't, and it was just so feeble. Yeah. I'm, I'm furious. To, I'm furious to be honest with you. That Gary Neville meme. <laughs> <laughs> I'm furious. Um, well, so well, with all that in mind, then is is we'll get to blame for that draw. Then is it is it more of a management issue that Mills we didn't win the game, or is it a, a player issue? To I think a bit, a bit of both. There, I think obviously Woodgate should have changed. Easy answer that one. It. <laughs> I was sitting on the fence a bit, but now I do think he obviously could have done more. And I think it's his time then to adapt, and that's what he's paid for to make the decisions in games to then influence it um a red card obviously influences it so you change it in a way to make it like dana said take more risks and make it more attacking um but then obviously the players also for uh, still an extra man over on the pitch we should have created a lot more even with the the formation we were still in anyway Uh, i can't believe it took to the 93rd minute to have a shot on target and it was it wasn't like a real opportunity anyway yeah so Yeah. But did you see that yeah. video somebody put on where it was like it was towards the end of the game and Paddy McNair was breaking from midfield and literally nobody was around him. There was nobody busting a gut to get up. And that's where I'm like, that's why I was so annoyed with the players afterwards because I'm thinking, although Woodgate probably should, well, does take some blame for it because I think we should have kicked on and, and took more risks and adapted to them going a man down. Um, but the players, like, it, it's like their confidence is shot and you can tell that and I think that game pretty much epitomised that. Yeah, thanks for stealing my question, Dana. Sorry. Th- thanks for that. Well, that was a perfect Thanks for this. <laughs> that was a perfect link <laughs> to the next my podcast. What's the point in even playing anymore? <laughs> no. that could, that's a Bora Bingo um, one, isn't it? Yeah. What's the point in playing ref? Um, what's the point in playing ref? And what year did Dana say that in? In 2003. There we go. Oh, we didn't <laughs> have it last week and now we've had it again. No, but... Uh, it's returned. I think, I think definitely what you're saying there about the players kind of at least looking like they want to score. There was a time when Fulham broke and they had 10 men um, and I seen Avon Cavalero absolutely sprinting down the right-hand side and Mitrovic was pushing up and whoever was playing on the other side as well. Bobby Reid was coming in and I was thinking like, they've got one less man than us and then like you said, uh, Paddy McNair later on, no one else is around him. Mm. Sure. Baffling. I must say that Fulham are a fantastic team to watch. Um, in that first 20 minutes before they got the man sent off, I thought they were brilliant. I thought they were passing and moving how Harrison Reed just dictated the play really well they weren't afraid to take chances and I think they're going to be really be up there towards the end of the season I, I mean don't get me wrong uh, Scott Parker isn't going to be the Pep Guardiola of the championship and the icon of completely revolutionised the, the championship but I was really impressed by them I thought they're a very very good side these appreciate they've got loads of Premier League players and it's the level that Mills will have to step up eventually if you know well <laughs> if we go down we'll have to you know, probably step up to League One, but at the minute, but it's a massive step up from where we are, and they're very, very good. Um, and you know what? Like I said, you were saying, Dana. Like I would have took the draw. Um, I would have took a one 0 defeat. To be honest, I thought they were going to absolutely pull our pants down and score about six. But there we go. You know, I think the draw is a good result in the end. But ideally, when you when you when the team's down with ten men, you you expect to win it, don't you? And it was quite funny, wasn't it? I was saying that in our chat that. I wouldn't be surprised if Paddy McNair played centre after there. And I was like, nah. Nah, yeah. You, you're like, like, not nah. giving me. I was like, yeah, well. <laughs> and I was, you know, I was like trying to be smug about it, but I was like, I was actually trying to take the piss. But you must, must be, uh, he must be fuming. He's like, he's like, 
Um, Northern Ireland's like best attacking outlet, and he plays like he's just been shoved about all over Absolutely. Borough. So well, what what and it didn't really annoy me, but why didn't like say like Dyke Steele or something play centre half? Um, yeah, this is this is a thing where it's like we, in the past few games they haven't even been trusted at all. It makes me just think like obviously they were getting game time and gonna be getting dropped here and there, then brought back in, but the just none of them are getting. Okay, Marcus Brown came off the bench, but the. You know, three of our summer signings just not even included at all. They're not even being considered. Hmm. So they're not good enough yet, are they? No, they, no. they're not good enough yet. I mean, we bought them from League One. Yeah, well, doesn't matter. They should. It, it doesn't matter what league you buy them I in. If they're good <coughs> enough, they should be making a difference, and they're not. So it's like, uh, well, I mean, I was quite impressed with Dyke Steele and, and Bowler, and like initially, I thought Bowler would come into it a little bit more. He's, you know, it's especially it's switching, game, especially switching to a back. Five or back yeah, three, whatever you call it, it allows them, them more scope well, yeah. to sort of with their pace that they apparently have to get in behind. But I think Bull would be more annoyed because he's he's went from first choice to third choice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's like, um, like is he going to get back in the team? That's uh, that's the uh, the main issue that he's going to have. He needs to probably put something in the training ground or do something different to ensure that he's he's in. When, the team. when friends back as well, you'd assume. From what was that kind of coming out this week as well? That you know, friend would even be ahead of him. So, mm. um, and he's gonna, just just kind of for leadership reasons as as well, really. But um, yeah, I, I definitely think Coulson's a lot better than him. Uh, what, what I will say, sorry about this defensive situation, is we've been lucky to have uh, Ryan Shotton actually available. You know, he's he's become mm. a scapegoat, and it's ridiculous because I don't think he's actually been that bad in recent weeks. But we've been lucky to have him available because. I think it's obvious that four three three wasn't working. I don't want to see it again. Um, I thought that we it, it was going to be four three three against Fulham, and it's you know if we didn't have Ryan Shotton, well we we didn't. Um, you know that means that that Paddy McNair has to go there. So you you're taking away one of our biggest threats in midfield. So big up Ryan Shotton. Happy birthday, shots. Happy birthday to Ryan. Birthday Shotton. Birthday and a shout out from Dana from the Borough Breakdown guys. <laughs> what a, what a night for him. <laughs> And our six hundred million series. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, right, so I'm gonna play devil's advocate a little bit. Back to back clean sheets against two relegated sides from the Premier League. Is it really a positive? I. Oh, sorry, I don't know. Is it a positive? Because <laughs> if you said at the start of the season you'll get two back to back clean sheets against Fulham and Huddersfield, you took it in a happy. Potentially, um, I just think the nature of the way the games went. I think if we were getting battered and we held on for draws that we should have maybe lost, then I'd be like, yeah. But I think in both, I think we were better than Huddersfield in that game, and then I think I don't think we we're necessarily better than Fulham, but we just we had a man extra, so we should have created more chances. So I think the nature of the way both games went, it's probably not that good. Um, we should have we should have really beat Huddersfield to be fair. Yeah, I don't think yeah, Huddersfield sure. have. Premier League squad or a squad anywhere near that what resembles Fulham's so yeah. mm, I, I get what you're saying and I completely agree but I think as well at the beginning of the season our defence was leaking goals yeah <clears throat> so the the positive is that we've we've tightened up a little bit defensively which I think for the future going forward is is a good thing um, but I agree I agree you know the context of the games we should have taken more out of them yeah mm. Well, I've got a question. I'm going to put the first question in. Um, Joseph Coombs, he asks, can we get, turn it around? You know, see, we've played, well, it looks like we're playing better than what we did um, before the turn of the international break. 
Um, but we haven't scored a goal since. Yeah, there's no goals or points um, to show for there's it. There's really, not. There's yeah. nothing really to show for it. And honestly, Jonathan Woodgate said in his podcast, in that podcast, in his press conference, <laughs> so he got one as well. Has he rivaling us? Has yeah. he? Well, to be honest, mate, we probably beat him. Um, <laughs> he said in his press conference that the league table is lying. Um, don't get me wrong, like. Do we deserve to be in the bottom three? I'd probably say yes, we do deserve to be in the bottom three and the table's yeah. probably not lying. So. I think I think there's a case to be made for um, some things not going our way this season, but I think there's got to become a point where if you're having that much what you would consider bad luck, it's almost as if to say, it's not bad luck, we're just, we're just shit. Because it's it's not that... <gasps> <laughs> Sorry, Ofcom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it, it just it is because... Thanks, you got. I said, I have to edit that out. No, <laughs> no, Dave will be fine with it. Um, it. It's just kind of, yeah, you could say it maybe in the first, say, one out of seven games when we're getting a few refereeing decisions go against us, um, offsides or whatever. But I think now when you're just kind of missing opportunities, um, as well as obviously some decisions maybe going against you, it's just, you know, it's just not meant to be. We're, we're in the bottom three for a reason. Um, I don't think there's many games that we've deserved to win how many teams could say oh yeah but we had that chance oh yeah but we had that chance it's, it's about taking your chances about the conversion rate isn't it so that's true you can't you can't look past the goals we scored that should have been given i mean yeah. i've i've got a few instances of like decisions that have gone against us the two fletcher goals against brentford you've got two handballs against um millwall brit's offside goal against Reading. you know it, it changes things for for setting up the the start of the season and you know we could have been well we wouldn't we wouldn't be in the bottom three if it wasn't mm. for those decisions that's what I mean. the, ta- again, the table is still yeah the table is still quite tight and I think if a few of those changes like you said we'd be in a, a different position then the feel around the club is a lot different so if you know if we picked up an extra five points from that I think what well, we're five points but it's now maybe 15th and you'd be like okay well it's a transition season we're, mid, we're about mid-table <coughs> but it's a fact that we're not so it makes it seem like a lot worse but yeah, uh, yeah, I think, like you said, you you do make your own luck and you, you can't expect everything to go for you. It's like the old saying in, in um, football, swings around about so towards the end of the season you might get loads of penalties given that shouldn't have been given. So mm. It's it's interesting, the championship this year. It's, it's like it's four points separating second and like 11th or yeah, something. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really close. Awesome. Yeah. Absolutely love it. It's a crazy league though, isn't it? Mm. It is. The best great. in the world. It is. I'd argue. Yeah, actually. Well, for in, not in, in terms, terms of quality, for, but in terms com- of competitive edge. Yeah, oh, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I think anyone can go up, anyone can go down. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like the league table line, if the league finished today, we'd be relegated, and mm. we pre- des- we deserve to be relegated. I think we're the second lowest scorers in the whole football EFL. league. It is, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. The whole football league with no scores. I only found out that today. Second, yeah. second well, well, we were. I think Wigan were close to us, and then they scored two. Two on the weekend. At yeah. the weekend, yeah. But w- in regards and then to Barnsley scored one against Huddersfield, so they went mm. kind of one above us. So and they yeah, scored two the against West Brom as well, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. They drew against West Brom, See. which is a good result for them. But uh, when it, you know, in regards to can, turn, can we get turn it around? I think he can. With the help of his strikers, like I mean, he can't put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, you know, yeah. they have to. They've had chances. They've definitely had chances yeah. to to put them away. Like we had, well, we, I think first half against Fulham, uh, where Fletcher he turns him and then he just absolutely skies it all. Then I'm like, how have you skied that from about <laughs> eleven yards out? Like yeah. it's crazy. And isn't it? I mean, sky it literally hit the roof of the stadium. I was like, Jesus Christ! Not when you when your luck's not in. 
Like it's not Jesus Christ. And then Brit's, Brit's header, Brit should get that on target. Oh, exactly. He's, he's, he's kind of should put that on the back of the net. Yeah, it's it's coming kind of behind him a little bit, but the fact like it, it should go in the top corner. That mm. header should go in the top corner, and it doesn't. Well, it's the other side of the post, and it's just things like that, isn't it? Mm. That's just so frustrating. Yeah, I, I think it's not not just him though. I think, and no, it's I not, know. and it's not just Ashley Fletcher as well. But when I look at the likes of Dale Fry, for example, I think he's been awful for the last since he's came back, and it's yeah. like. Yes, he has. He didn't have much of a preseason. All that you can try and defend him that way, but he's pretty much known to be our best centre half, and he's really struggled. Yeah, I think he's came back. We were saying that this week, but I don't think there's many people who've who've played well throughout the season, and I think um, we've found it hard to kind of pick positives um, from a lot of players. And, and the players that have played well, it's not like they've kind of set the world alight. They've did the job effectively in games um, but it doesn't mean it's turned into a win because obviously we've only won 2 out of 15 games mm. but I'd say sort of our better performers this season you would you say you'd say Ryan Shotton um, Paddy McNair maybe Randolph mm. but do you think well Gates management style needs to change in terms of how he manages a player so like I want to say Tony Pulis with Brit Asambalonga here right Tony Pulis used to absolutely slate Brit every single week, but then Brit was scoring goals like on the back of it. So it's like, point. was yeah. was Pulis doing that on purpose to essentially trigger Brit to go? All right, yeah, right, then I'll show you, and then you'd go on to score. It's a good point so actually because of Woodgate's very vocal about not saying anything bad about Brit, and he's like, he's my number nine, and he's almost cuddling him, but then it's working to the opposite effect. Now he's not yeah. scoring at all. So there could be something in that. Maybe he needs that sort of carrot and stick to, to be motivated. Maybe because he just knows he's got a place in the team. Um, and Woodgate loves him. That he's kind of... And, and people don't like him as well for this. I think he's doing it more because he can't believe he's missed. But people are saying, you know, when he seems to miss, he seems to like laugh or smile about yeah. it. And I think it's more <laughs> because he can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's no, doing I, it like, ah, oh, yeah. I'm buzzing that I've actually missed that chance. Um that proper triggers people, doesn't it? When yeah. you see him smiling. Yeah. It's, yeah, I completely agree with you. It's not like a happy smile. It's like a disbelief sort of yeah. coping mechanism yeah. sort of thing. It's like, a, oh, you're not all smile. You've missed. <laughs> yeah. No, so it, it is. It's, yeah. a, it's a funny one. I think, um, does he just change now though? Because then it's not the That's same. Thinking, because yeah. of, Tony Pulis probably did it from the outset. And then you think, oh, well, Pulis is like that anyway. He's, he's, so I'm going to try and prove him wrong. But, if if what he just started doing now, he'd be like, "What you been like that for?" So mm. no, I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think he can suddenly change tack with that and, and go from being, you know, publicly su- supporting them in pre and post match interviews to suddenly, you know, criticizing them or not necessarily criticizing them, but highlighting their their issues and their weaknesses and their mistakes in press conferences. I don't think he can go from that extreme to another. Yeah, I think you've got to set it out at the beginning what what type of way you're going to talk about the players to the media um, and to them and then kind of stick by it um, if it's going sort of good or bad. Because I think now, obviously, like like we've been saying, that the players are a bit shot of confidence. Um, they've had some bad luck against them at times. But you can't just now come out and berate them because it could make it worse and we could get back 3-0 against Derby. So I think he's got to still try and go the way he's done doing it now and trying to instill belief in them and say, look, we've been unlucky to create opportunities in the Derby game. They aren't doing that well either. Um, we can we can get a result. So mm. Just need the ball to go in the back of the net somehow, yeah, whether it grazes yeah. off someone's knee or... 
Someone's backside. Yeah. Yeah. You just got some. Just I don't know how we scored in that Birmingham game when we completely didn't deserve it. <laughs> and then, like in, in the game, in the game, like Huddersfield, you have a chance. Like Ashley Fletcher's and where we didn't score it. It just it's, it amazes didn't, me. Didn't we it's have a, a funny old game? Didn't we have an instance last season where we couldn't score and then we played Derby and they scored for us? It was Jane Bogle on goal, wasn't it? Possibly Neil. Yeah, it was that the one all um at the other side, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And we we play them next. We'll see if Jane Bogle is up for helping us out again. It'd be a great sign, him just just thrown out there for a right back since we're not playing Dyke Steel, so just just thrown out there. Since Johnny Housen, no, we don't like proper right backs anyway. Yeah, it's we, a cursed position. You know, we know no, this. it is. Middlesbrough have a great record of making good centre midfielders right backs. Me and Tom Green were on about it yesterday. Like you've got Joseph Farger, Dean Whitehead, um, Nicky Bailey, um, Johnny Housen. Yeah, there's probably way more of it. Uh, but even just dropping Emerson. back, in. <laughs> there's just <laughs> like, Yeah, there's just loads <laughs> that have played. We've had so many players who played out of position. It's unreal. Um, I don't know whether it's the same at other clubs and maybe you just notice it because it is Borough but out of uh, position FC mm, yeah make good centre forward quality right backs as well Jordan Rhodes Barrett <laughs> Betche Emilio Ensuit Emilio Ensuit yeah Emilio Ensuit does that, <laughs> does that really count I, I mean he played up front for the Equatorial Guinea so I mean yeah you know what I'm going to throw it in I don't know whether it was maybe just because he was the best player and everyone else was just like farmers or something but yeah. Marilyn yeah. Martin <laughs> <laughs> so it's quite a few and then you've got so many right backs I can't believe it's a cursed position like, you know what it absolutely blows my mind that Luke Young's probably still one of the best right backs I've seen in the Borough shirt and he played one season <laughs> yeah I know yeah it, he was like he was okay when he was good yeah. but he wasn't like outstanding he, get, he, gets in, like, he gets in like everyone's like uh, best 11 Michael Reisiger was alright I guess yeah but again he was only was it only one year as well was big it? Tony McMahon nah he was alright for a free kick wasn't he yeah. Curtis Fleming I didn't see much from him. Maybe you used to play left back and right back. Utility man. A little bit like Shotton. <laughs> right, Shotton. <laughs> hey, there's another one, yeah. No. Yeah. Great. Fair enough. Right, so we've got a couple of questions, to be fair. Um, and I want to kind of mix two together. Um, so from Darren and, and Michael, um, Darren's really asked about can the January window save us. And Michael's asked, how can we attract players to Middlesbrough? So we've spoke at length about the recruitment policy at Middlesbrough and how bad it is. So we don't really need to go into that. But one, January, how can it save us? Well, it, it probably will have to save us. And how can we attract those players to come to the club as well? Because like we've mentioned in, in the podcast before, Middlesbrough is probably not going to be on a player's radar when he's got a Lon- when he's got a London club after him. Because the London nightclub is not nightlife is so much better than probably what Middlesbrough is being on. I mean, we've only got... How dare you? No, no don't get me wrong, Dan. This is a good night, you know. Two cents, I'm just going to go outside. Uh, <laughs> no, but honestly, though, Middlesbrough Night Live is absolutely horrendous. It's not even just that. It's just, there's not, not a lot to do. I know we, we do talk up the town, and we are quite avid fans of the town, but I think for coming here, if you don't know the area and you're not from the area, there's not a real pull, like you say. Um, and I think going to bigger cities not even just for like nightlife but just for you know if you have a family as well there's more to do um for your family activities wise um and for your kids and there's potentially better schools um it's it just it's a, that all plays into the mind of players and obviously where the family's based as well um and if they've you know if they're a player who's been born somewhere else anyway the family's probably not going to live up in middlesbrough anyway so it's 
going to be a case of moving further away from the family. So um, it's got to be risk versus reward for them. So I think I think the main pull really for Borough in the January transfer window is players who are looking to prove a point. Mm. I think that's all we can really go for. We're not gonna we're not gonna outbid anyone. We're not gonna out kind of um, outweigh anyone in terms of wages that we can offer to players. So I think it's just gonna come down to players who are proving a point who are maybe you know they uh, they had such a potential a couple of years ago and maybe they've kind of dropped off the radar a bit. Um, they're not getting games in the Premier League. Um, Dan Crowley like is a perfect example of that at Birmingham. Is he not? Is he not playing much? Oh. Well, no. It's just oh, you mean the, when? when he, yeah, you know, okay. When they signed him, yeah. Good okay. promise, yeah. And yeah. then he went to was it the Eredivisie on? I yeah, can't remember. It was in Willem, I think. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, I think as well, maybe players overseas because, like I've mentioned before, Norwich when they signed Emiliano Buendia, I think he was Spanish second division. Um, I think they might have actually got relegated in that season as well. Um, I think they. I think he cost about one point five million, which I don't think is what we're gonna. I think did Dyke still cost about that? Yeah, yeah, somewhere one point five to two. Think yeah. about that, but like the pull, you have to sell the project, and maybe with Jonathan will get in charge because he, you know, a, 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 a lustrous career. You know, you you've got to kind of put that project forward in a glamorous way. I know the league table doesn't really show any glamour, but maybe players overseas. I'd love to see Borough go down the Segunda Division again, where we got Kike from. Um, I think Newcastle signed Jose Perez from uh, that division as well. From you Malaga. Know, yeah, you, you know, you've got players that, that are there and that can improve us and that won't break the bank and that would probably love to play in England and have ambitions of playing in the Premier League. So I yeah. know that we're not obviously there or anywhere near that, but it's all for the future, isn't it? Yeah, I think that was what was kind of sold to Dimi as well. It's a good point. He said that actually because he was saying, obviously, he was in a Spanish second division club, was it? And uh, Hartlepool rang, they were in League One and he, he just he just left the hotel in the middle of the night and, and came to England and <laughs> I love that story and I think, I think I think that's probably still the case for a lot of players that want to play in England uh, especially the championship because you know if they're knowing the, they haven't already been scouted by a Premier League club they're not quite there yet that they can make it with a championship club and improve while trying to get there um, so I think it's a very good point so I think I think yeah also in terms of players looking for um Sort of to, to prove a point, I think players from overseas um, who maybe don't sort of uh, not like know the league necessarily, but players who will just come anyway um, because of the kind of sold in the idea of playing in England, and we can kind of oversell the story because they won't know it as much as some others. So you'd be like, oh, this is Jonathan Woodgate, he played for Real Madrid, blah blah blah. Mm. He's yeah. It's either that or we try to get the best players from League One, but even with that, the fees will be. Yeah, considerably. Yeah, it's because it's their best players, isn't it? England, you know, yeah. Peter, Peterborough would be, you know, if they're going to sell two of their best players, they'll be like, okay, we want this much because you've yeah. taken two of our best players off us, so it, it'd work out a lot more. Plus, as well with that, would the likes of Ivan Tony want to come to Middlesbrough when there's maybe a team higher up the league? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's one of them. If, if 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 it's in January and Peterborough third, and we're third bottom, it's like not much yeah, of a jump up. Yeah, you could be swapping league. That. You could be swapping leagues again. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is why we, we need to we should go overseas yeah um, we did we've done it before and you know it doesn't always bring out the best players but Bad it's kind of betcha, hit and miss <laughs> hey, that goal against West Ham iconic well, it but I would love to see it I would love to see it yeah I, I'd like to see it as well because it's 
it's an unknown as well. I think when we sign players, even from you know, I, I can't think of many Borough fans who've probably watched Peterborough play this season. But I think everyone seems to think like they know it. They'll be like, okay, Marcus Madison's great and Ivan Tony's great, and they'll and there's this expectation. Um, and then when they don't do very well, it's like, oh, well, what do we buy him for? Um, but if it's someone from overseas and no one's known him. Or known quantity, in it? Yeah, exactly. We'll probably watch a few YouTube videos and they'll look class. Afonso Alves then, comes to mind. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag goal machine. <laughs> yeah, but that, that it, that's, I mean, it, it, could, it could work out and I think it's probably one of the best routes we'd have to go down. I think in terms of the question, I think that's probably the best route we can go down and try and save us in January. Tough question. How would you sell Middlesbrough football come in 20 seconds? Palmos. <laughs> Palmos, um, <laughs> strong. Now I think we we play on quite a strong community feel. I think that video we put out at the start of the season kind of emulates that. I mean, showing it to someone from the Spanish second division, it won't mean much to them. But I think you've got to try and play that. It's still, even though it's still quite a big club, it's still quite a family club. It might not portray very well in other comms comms that they put out, but I think that's what we try and go for. Um, and I think that was what was kind of come across where it's like this is our borough. <laughs> And you got to tell them that borough. This you got to tell them that borough. Borough with an A. I yeah, it's spelled that. with B U R R A H. Borough. Deep cringe through my veins whenever I hear that. Yeah, mm. half time when it's just like re- replayed, isn't it? Oh, I love it. But like when I talk, Ranky came to here. He, there was comparisons drawn between the Basque Country and and Middlesbrough so it's that tight knit community feel yeah. that I think that people might identify with doesn't everyone say that though oh it reminds me of home like Borough's been re- Borough's been known as South Wales one month the Basque country the next but I, I don't know I think it's Hong the, Kong next week it's the the community <laughs> identity isn't it you've got the steel no, the steel works yeah. in, in Wales yeah for Tony Pulis because he was the one that said that, didn't he? About he I think Tony Pulis would say that at any club, though. It's yeah, a bit that's true. It reminds me of South. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if Karanka said it about when you know when he was at Forest, but I felt like it was more true. I don't know whether <laughs> I just want myself mm-hmm. to believe that more. But um, Johnny's gonna cry. No, I just think it's what I'm weird, and I start laughing to myself. I was just saying, like, imagine if Karanka just said, "Oh yeah, this, I remember the times where." <laughs> can't say it. <laughs> Ignore me. <laughs> Ignore me. I've gone. You're the host. Yeah, we're the host. Gonna, we don't want. We don't want coming up next. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, well, let's play TikTok talk. Um, let's have a get Borough play here. Is right. Um, uh, we'll get. I'll get Yaf back in. Get Yaf back in. <laughs> uh, now we've just tried to kick him out. So um, I can't do it. Uh, I don't even want to cry. Um, <laughs> do you want me to take over? Take over. A second. <laughs> I was on about no actually. What are we on? Uh, bottom one was um, so Fame uh, mentioned in uh, in our questions. He asks about about Steve Gibson, and he's about just give Steve Gibson. <laughs> sorry, oh God, it's not even funny. <laughs> I haven't even said it either. Um, I'm gonna put that. What was Johnny thinking of? Um, <laughs> Uh, it was like, does Gibson care about the club? Um, obviously, in the in the Gazette today, they announced that Steve Gibson is putting it, pulling in one million pound the club in the club to invest because um, he has to pretty much pay all the bills. If he doesn't, we're, we're bankrupt. So, does Steve Gibson care? Is that a bit too hard to say? Or you just want to see a bit more of Steve Gibson? I think he still cares. I don't think you lose that care for your club, especially the one that you you know you you brought up on and that you support. Um, 
you know, he's he's a businessman. He's a he's a tea signer. He's a Borough fan. Um, I think he does care. You know, I think it's um, it's it's harsh to say that he doesn't just because we're not. He's not pumping in, um, you know, money into the club for the transfer market. Um, so I, st- I think he still does care. We're just seeing a different kind of route to go down, which is different to what we've because we've we've been used to. Having managers have a pot of gold with cash, haven't we? With Gary Monk and even Pulis, when we spend the money that we did on Flint and Savile, you know, it's just different. And you know, I, I don't think we should jump immediately to immediately to oh, he doesn't care anymore. Is it because of the radio silence? I think it is. Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't know how much kind of how vocal he's been. Um, over the years, I don't feel like he's said much anyway. Well, I feel that, like we want to smash. The I feel like that was the only thing anyway. <laughs> that he's ever really come out and said. But I think since then, and this kind of social media age and, and the age that we're growing up in where you kind of want constant contact from the club in a sense, I feel like everyone seems like they want more from him, but did he ever really put out more in the past? I, I, I don't he think he He was everywhere when we were in the Premier League. He was releasing stuff every week. So yeah. it's like, why are you silent now? Because it's bad. Surely when something's bad... Yeah, but all, right, all the other years in the Championship then, did he, did he put out much or...? I'm sure he did. He used to come out and he used to at least speak to the press at least two or three times a season. Hmm. He did put out a bit in the Premier League because it was after yeah, Karanka was sacked and then Steve Agnew was appointed. He had an interview with BT and then he obviously, um, I think he came out and said something in the summer before Gary Monk was appointed or whilst Gary Monk was appointed. And then he said that we want to smash the league. We're I think that was a massive mistake because people misquoted that. And honestly, BBC T's got so annoyed at, at the post-match phone-ins because everyone misquoted it and said, oh, well, Steve Gibson come out and said that we're going to smash the league. Like He didn't say that, but I think that definitely didn't put he say, like, expectations through lines, the roof. We want to smash the league. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. the ambition, yeah. So you, you saw the, 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 expect, sorry, the ambition of the season but it was misquoted and misconstrued and then people kind of used mm. it as a as a kind of thing to say, well, he said this and we didn't deliver this and this, that and the other, but... You should have just said we wanted to compete under promise over deliver. Mm. That is a... Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's the reason why he's not he's not said anything, but then... Yeah, maybe that's why he doesn't want to kind of make, not make a mistake, but he doesn't... But I think it's I think it's more to try and reassure the fans, I think, a little bit that he's still bothered. I think just because the radio silence, it hurts... And Gibson got a lot of heat last Saturday. Everyone was pretty much mourning and blaming him for the whole demise. And I agree with it. I think, you know, it, he is partially to blame why we're in this mess. Um, there's, He's not Mr. Perfect. And it's like, it's like, it sounds like um, Harry Potter, like, he should not be named or something. Like, no one will dare to slit Steve Gibson when really he's probably one of the main reasons why we're in this mess. But I think if he came out and said, look, you know what, right, I've made a couple of mistakes the last couple of seasons um, in ter- financially and we've collectively as a club we've made the wrong decisions. This is where we are. This is how we're going to perform. I'm going to stick with it. Win, lose or draw. Just trust it, trust me and we'll we'll continue to be in the football club. I think that's what pretty much everyone just wants. to be like, all right then, fair enough. We'll get going to stay at the end of the season regardless this is how much we've... We're not going to say how much we've got in the transfer window, but we'll say we've got budget in the transfer window, bearing in mind it won't be much. And then everyone will be happy again. Like it's, I think it's just because like n- no one's here anything. And then you, you, we'll get coming out every week saying, ah, oh, well, we'll go back on the training grounds and we're going to 
work on our mistakes and simple as that simple as that yeah and then like just try to be a bit cocky in his press conference like no you don't need to be like that way like literally just say how it is Mm. I think he and is not trying he, to he's like saying like how it is, but people are obviously because they've got. I think Woodgate has a reputation, and people won't let go of that reputation. And then every time he speaks in a press conference, it always goes to the you know he's arrogant. I wouldn't say he's. I wouldn't say he's like <coughs> he's an arrogant person. He's actually probably a nice bloke. It's just more or less of like, don't come across as like you think you know it all when your team's the bottom in the championship. Like you need to like come across as like say like look, yeah, we haven't been playing well. That's that's it. But I trust in what we're doing, and I think we're going to be out of this fight towards the end of the season. Yeah, it's generic, and it's more of like a manager's answer. But it 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 starts to like defend the players in that way rather than saying, "Ah, well, I back me players hundred percent." And then on the train, going, you slate them like all the time. I do feel like we'll get struggling to differentiate the fan from the manager in his press conferences. Because I I think that he speaks sometimes, especially to reporters in at Sky after the game, as a fan. It's like he did come under scrutiny last week when he was talking to Rob Law from BBC Tees because he, he asks the question back and it kind of, like, he, he diverts from it. Some of the questions are horrendous, like, don't get me wrong. No, but I don't think he needed to be like that with, with Rob Law, to be honest, when he's like, I don't know. It, it was even like... Uh, hashtag justice for Rob. Was it the Huddersfield <laughs> Huddus one as well when he was like, what, what do you think? And it just kind of you didn't need to be like that. But like I said, he's... He's he's a fan as well, so he's probably came away from it frustrated, just like we were. So, I think I'd be a great manager. You know, I think I'd be perfect for those press match conferences. Conferences. You do have the gift of the gab, though. So I, you'd I be mean, I'd, I'd be great. I could if, literally you could say something now, and I'd answer you back as manager. <laughs> um, what did you think of the game today, Jonathan? Ah, uh, well, I thought we played all right. You know, some good tempo, and now and then we, you know, we thought we had some good movement on on and off the ball. But you know what they say. If you don't finish your chances, you get punished, and I think that's why we got lo- we lost today. See, <laughs> easy as that, mate. Roll off the tongue. <laughs> easy as that. You don't have to say. What do you think? <laughs> easy yeah. as that, mate. I can write them for you. Yeah. And uh, not as simple, simple as that in that one. Simple as that. <laughs> no, exactly. That. No, but I, I think um, I think we went off on a bit of a, a bit of a tangent there. Obviously, coming going on to Woodgate, I think. I think Woodgate's obviously kind of a separate issue, and I think um, he. I don't know whether he will adjust his press conferences. I think he might because someone might be saying he don't need to be that chewy with people, but we'll see whether it happens. But I think I think with Gibson, I think and the radio silence, I think do other chairmans do it? Do they come out many times a season and say this is how it is? I mean, we we don't know. Um yeah, it would be great if he said literally everything you said along those lines about, you know, this is what's gonna happen. Um, and I've you know made some mistakes in the past, but I just can't see that happening for him. I can't hmm. see him being that one up, front. One up to it. Um, it, I, I just can't see it. I, I don't. I've never seen it happen with Steve Gibson. I can't see it happening anytime soon. Um, the flip argument is people would say, "Well, why does he need to do that? Why does he need to kind of prove something to the fans? He he proven it with, I guess, this article that came out today, pumping in one million. What was it? A month was it or something? Um, yeah. But you know why, why does he need to do it then it's kind of like it's not your job well yeah but it's kind of like no but it's kind of like the <laughs> that's cold. why you bought the club yeah, it's, like, no, it's kind of it. like it's kind of like the cold shoulder isn't it? it's kind of like um you know that that person who who I don't know, someone might have people might have them in life where they don't really have a necessarily good relationship with them but they'll try and buy it with money you know like kind of some people might in a mm. relationship but they're just literally buying people's love with that he's maybe just you know buying 
it. He's not he's not a very good talker. He's just putting money into the club as mm-hmm. if to say, you know, this is what I'm doing for the club. You should all kind of not respect me for it, but you know, appreciate that I'm doing that. Why do I need to come out and have these chats with you? Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's a bit like yeah, that moment. That's PR. Yeah, that's that's how that's how the world goes. But he's he's, he's he's older, isn't he? He's not in that generation where he thinks he has to come out and talk about it. I think. Well, it it doesn't have to. It's like he probably he probably needs to. Oh yeah, no, he needs to. I I, I think he should come I, out. I don't think anyone anyone would see a flip side though. I think they'd be like, all right, well, thanks for coming out. No, like you've actually. You actually said something you haven't been. Really no, I don't. I think obviously after it, everyone would kind of be, um, if it was to actually happen, I think everyone would be kind of, you know, would feel quite happy about it. But I think now, if it came people debating on the the topic of it, I think people would be like, well, why does he need to come out and say that? I think that would, just, would be the counter argument and just being like, he doesn't really need to. Um, can can but, we do a mid podcast poll? Yeah, sure. Sure. Do you want to do it? I want to say, should Steve Gibson? come out and speak to the fans yes or no okay yeah do it we'll check it we'll check, check it in it. 23 minutes Let's check it in 23 minutes so anyway next question um so it's from believe it believe in borough and they said would you sell Britta Samba longer and ashley fletcher at a loss and invest any money raised and some additional money on buying a genuine playmaker and two center forwards i would but would you be in but would be interested in your take. So I like I like this question when it got sent in. Um, Thanks for even more. Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting one because I think with both of them, they're both going to be sold at a loss whenever they do go. Mm-hmm. Then we're not going to make a profit on either of them. They're not they're not worth the price tags of what we bought them for now. Um, so. I think you're always going to make a loss on them. Um, whether you do it in January is a very big risk because, uh, as we know, January is quite hard to get players in naturally anyway. Um, you've only got a month um, to do so. Um, so to get rid of just Britt and Fletcher um, to get in two players, we could only end up with maybe you know not enough money to, to play with to get in the players that we want, really. Um, and it could end up being that, you know, you get rid of Brit and Fletcher and you're getting two players who are potentially not worse I guess but you're not really suited to the system they don't gel very well they don't take to the championship very well then we're even worse off and we've made a huge loss in doing that um, how, how much do you think you'll get for Ashley Fletcher and Brit? Like in the, like, like so com- combined together, we, we paid 22 million I, I don't that, I'd be looking Louis if we got 10 it's really think I, think I don't think I think Brit's worth more than I don't think yeah. Brit's more, worth more than ten. I think Ashley Fletcher's worth about two. Not even I swear to God, like not no, yeah. no, no more than that. Yeah, no, I'm football manager. I had, to, I had to I had to sell Ashley Fletcher for six hundred k to Orlando. Jeez. It's shocking. We Jeez. did overpay for both of them, and yeah. I do rate Brit, and I try to defend him whenever I can. But fifteen million is is too much, and I do agree. I think probably ten max. The thing is is. <clears throat> As a marketer, you'd look at his, and as a salesman as well, you, you would look at his stats, Brit, and you go, "I reckon I could get a good deal at this." I reckon you could, could you could still comfortably get about ten million for Brit, mm. comfortably, just with his record record alone. You don't have to look at his style of play. You just know, you just look at his stats, and that's what a lot of teams do. And looking, you look at his stats, you think, "Well, what is it like forty goals or something? Hundred start? Is it something like that? Like, it's a great, it's got a great record, isn't it? Yeah, he's got a good return. Um, great return. But I just don't think. <laughs> I don't think we have very uh, a persuasive team of 
of sellers we've, we've talked about the recruitment team haven't we so mind you i was thinking the other day i was thinking how the hell did we manage to get our money back for aiden flint i mean well we haven't yet I guess. well yeah but, i think yeah. it was about six and so we've got four then, and then two Bamford. depending on some sort of clauses whether we get them hmm. did you see the stick he got after when he the, when uh, he plays for england <laughs> Did you see the stick he got after the derby? No, no. Cardiff fans don't rate him. Shock. I'm not surprised. Shock, but not surprised, yeah. I mean... Absolute giraffe. Yeah, I probably agree. Um, but in terms, I'd probably get... I'd hope to get 10 million, and I would try and reinvest it. I would try and reinvest it in probably... Uh, it depends on trying system we try and play, really. Um, you'd have to bring in two strikers, but... Two strikers and a cam for ten million is going to be really yeah, that's difficult, I mean, when, when especially said, for us yeah. in the way we are playing at the minute as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. especially if you want to improve the quality that you've already got. If you're getting rid of um, two out of you, the only strikers that you you start, um, we've got to get two in replacement, and you know, and the question was kind of to get a, a cam in there as well or a playmaker. Um, I don't think it could be done with the money that we'd get from them too. I think we would have to sell somebody else. Mm. So. Okay, right, final question before I move on to Derby. You know what? I couldn't actually think of who Middlesbrough were playing this week. <laughs> it took <laughs> it took me a while to get it. You, did, like, you didn't want to think of it, did you? To be honest, mate, I didn't know. I didn't want to think about it at all. Um, last question before I move on to Derby um, by Sean Bag, and I really like this question. Um, you can make four signings, all ex-players, <coughs> um, but it's one from each manager, so you have to sign someone from Southgate's era. Someone from Strachan's era, someone from Mogger's era, and some from Ior's era, um, and they would all be like when we signed them. So, who would you sign? Well, um, I think my options are pretty good actually. Um, I think for Southgate, I would go Tunjai because I think we do miss the striker that that pr- would press um, and run around and kind of cause havoc mm-hmm. for for the back line. Um, Strachan, Barry Robson, I think we yep. we missed that Easy. competitive edge in midfield. And to be honest, he was the only good signing from Gordon Strachan's era. Um, Mowbray, go Albert Dormer, because we desperately miss a, a winger. Yep. Um, and then Karanka, I think there's no question. Gaston Ramirez. I would probably agree with pretty much all of that. Apart from Southgate era, I would sign Justin Hoyt. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> nah, um, yeah, probably probably Tunjai, to be fair. I there's, was talking to someone from my uni about it. And he was I, gonna say, I, was, I was talking to Tunjai, I was like, <laughs> I don't know you know Turkish. No, uh, we don't have a striker that presses the back line. Yeah, we'd, we'd die for that now, wouldn't we? we would Tunjai and Gaston uh, Ramirez. Especially when we wanted this high press. Um, Tunjai would be, it'd be brilliant at it. What about Jeremy, Ali- Jeremy Aliadier? No. No. Did he do that? Hard no. Mark Yates? No. Uh, Danny Coyne? No. <laughs> uh, what's the Southgate sign? I mean, I think Danny Coyne and that anyway, but... Oh, yeah, actually. Project Demnes. Project Demnes. Um, Definitely not. I, I absolutely despise Demnes when he was here. I wish we... I mean, I know I probably would have been about 16, but I wish we uh, had a podcast going then because I would have just came on and slayed him every week. <laughs> <laughs> apart from when, apart I from when he like made us have like limbs and like two away games at Sheffield United and Leeds. Oh, Other yeah. than that, I hated him. He was. I, I remember me and my friend once um, watching a home game, and we counted how many times he'd lose the ball, and it was like in a in like a fifteen minute period, he lost the ball about thirteen times. He'd play him in the feet, and he turned, and he just like 
either like lose control of the ball or someone just tackle him and he, then he just stand there and just like watch the person <laughs> run past him. Oh well. So, never mind. Yeah, just stand never there mind. and wait for the game to pass you by. No, we had one good season though, to be fair. It's not like Rudy. You know what? <laughs> I'm surprised so I've got I pulled up quickly, uh Gareth Southgate signings. Afonso Alves, Johnny Woodgate, Robert Huth, uh Mado, Gary O'Neill, Didier Degard, Marvin Emnes, Justin Hoyt, Luke Young. We didn't even say Luke Young. Um, Ali Adier, Julio Arca, Mohamed Sharkey, and Mark Yates was his last signing. I did look at that, but then Tunjai wasn't on there, so I was thinking maybe they've missed some, some out. Probably have, yeah. It might be two pages two page or something, but I thought there was some... <laughs> I think Robert Hoot's uh, a Hoot's good a shout. shout. Yeah, he yeah. was a really good centre-half um, when he was fit. Um, yeah, I think it'll probably be out of Hoot and, and uh, Tunjai. I think Strachan's era just has to be Barry Robson. There was no one else with real quality. Scott McDonald scored some goals, um, but he was wasn't really. They didn't really cut the mark. Um, what was the next one after that? Um, Pulis was it no, or Mowbray. Monk? Sorry, uh, Mowbray. Sorry, yeah, um, Mowbray. Grant Lambert is a shout. I know, Grant, but if you, yeah. Mm, yeah, true. I think Barry obviously Robson. if you're sending them back, I don't know. Yeah, you're, no, bring, you're bringing them back. At the time, like there were that age, so you'd have like prime a bit back. Well, not prime really. His prime really came in like after that, that, yeah. Well, the fourteen, fifteen. Um, considering we've got a lot of centre midfielders, yeah, I'd probably have to go Albert. Invest in one more. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd go Albert, Albert Adorma. Right, you could say friend and I, Albert still here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who else did? Who else did more more breast time? We had we had quite a. Oh, there was like z- yeah, the, a lot like Zamama, Haroon. Um, Ishmael Miller, big ish, yeah. But he signed all the, all the other players that we just seem to have for like four games as well, like Caleb Fallen and Dave yeah. Kitson and Marcus. No, that that was Marcus that Bent. Was, or was that um, like all like Strachan and Strachan? And, I think, yeah. yeah. Oh, we seem to just Sean go. Sean we'd, we'd have like a new striker ev- every week. Maxi Haas, Maxi Chris yeah. Killen. That um, was. Um, oh, who was that winger that we brought in? The Irish winger under Jail Shea. Jail Shea. I don't remember him ever being at the club. When I whenever you mentioned him, I don't remember him ever being there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. I'm really not. Mate, mate, he was absolutely awful. He's probably one of the worst players I've ever seen. Um, We've had Kieran Dyer, Sammy Amiobi. Oh, um, Kieran Dyer. Jesus Christ, Mowbray got that one wrong, didn't he? Uh, who else? There's some office. That's, that's like how he's tried to Blackburn when he's done like Dowling and, and Lewis Holby and that, isn't yeah. it? It's like one of them trying to. Mm-hmm. Lucas Jukovic is a shot. He was all right. I didn't mind him, but... Not for this style of Yeah, no. Fair enough. All right, then, used to crack on. Let's <coughs> chat about Derby County. Derby County actually are struggling in the league as well. Cocky was supposedly be under pressure as well. I'm not surprised, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, I've got a few um, pre-match stats. Not a lot, admittedly, but um, I did do a little bit of digging. Um, they've won their last three home games. Of course, we played them at... Pride Park or whatever it's called now. I know that it was called something else and I think it's called Pride Park again. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they changed it to. Just the B-Tech Riverside Stadium, basically, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, anyone that's doing a B-Tech. Um, <laughs> Borough failed to win their last seven games. Of course, we all know this. Made it seven um, at the weekend against Fulham. Um, and I looked, three of the last six meetings have actually been one-all draws, which uh, the last one was um, as well against them. Um, their top scorer this season, Martin Wycorn's on four goals. And then after that, it's Tom Lawrence, who shouldn't be playing football, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, he shouldn't be, really. Him and Mason Bennett should be banned from no, football. They, they should, should be doing time. 
they should completely but yeah that's my little sprinkle of stats i didn't get a lot admittedly but i want to you know i'm just going to drink and drive and smash into someone and say well mason bennett and tom lawrence did it so they've they've affected put the cuffs on me go on then they've effectively ended richard keel their own teammate their own captain's career yeah, he won't play again. It's like 20 months out and then he'd be yep. like 37 or something. Yeah. Only, so. And that's that's a really long-term injury. So the fact that they've evaded jail time is... God, f- footballers get too much amount of the insurance he could get. Is, he's probably made a fortune. Actually, no. no because when you're a player, you get your insurer, your, your body parts. So if, if you ever break anything, you get a massive pout. There you go. Johnny's fact mm-hmm. of the day. Um, sorry, yells, Karen. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was just going to kind of uh, carry on from what Dana was on about there. So, obviously, uh, Derby aren't doing too well. 16th um, in the table. Um, there's actually three teams um, on 18 points. So, they're, they're kind of level on points with Millwall and Cardiff, um, just below them on goal difference. Um, Borough 22nd. We can move up to a max of 17th, obviously, depending on Massive. results. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, um, depending on results, um, obviously. Um, we can get out of the the bottom three. Um, Stoke and Barnsley can't overtake us. There's there's a positive because um, the four point both four points behind us. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel um, a bit better. Yeah. Um, obviously, like Dana said, they've won the last three home games. Um, but the last game, <coughs> the last two away games, or the, so the last two out of three games, um, they've lost. So they're not in great form, kind of overall. Obviously, at home, they're sort of doing well. Um, they got the lost to Hull on the weekend. Um, and then a couple of weeks back, they lost 3-0 to Charlton. Um, in terms of the the team, obviously you've mentioned a few players there, like uh, Waghorn and, and Tom Lawrence. Um, the sort of team that they started with um, last match, um, Ruse in goal, uh, Bogle, as we mentioned. Um, Go on, Bogle. Score on Curtis Bogle. Davis, uh, Matt Clark, uh, which I got confused actually at the start of the season because he did sign for Brighton, Brighton didn't he, yeah. from... Portsmouth, and then they loaned him to Derby, which was really weird. Um, but yeah, Brighton seemed to be doing that. They did it with Dan Byrne, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, really strange. But um, uh, Law at uh, left back, uh, Shinny, um, Bielik, uh, Dwayne Holmes, is it a right mid? Um, He's a good player. Him. Kieran Dowell, um, Tom Lawrence, and uh, Chris Martin, actually, started, who seems to have been there for years. Yeah, um, he, he went on loan to. Ipswich. It was, was it Ipswich last year? And uh, Hull. And Hull last year. Great player, Chris Martin. I think he'd be really effective. He wouldn't be effective. Well, you know what? I wouldn't mind a bit of, like, say, like 500k at Chris Martin. Throwing think, it out there. I think he's a player you bring off the bench. And I think Derby have done it a few times this season when they've brought him off the bench and he's scored. I know he's he's on three goals. He's He's played five games this season and three of them have been appearances off the bench. It's more than a quarter of our goals. Mm. Just yeah. saying. I was probably our, was our top scorer. Is it Brit? Brit yeah. Two yeah. or three? What is it? Brit on three. So yeah. So I mean, their their sub who's coming off the bench is on the, <laughs> the same amount of goals as our <laughs> our saviour, our um, fifteen million pound striker. So yeah, you love to see it. Great. What's your lineups and predictions? Um, I would stick with this system. Um. Three at the back. Uh, I think obviously it showed us up defensively, and I think it'll kind of work away from home. Um, and there's not much else, and this is the issue, I think. Um, when and what we it was kind of uh, I don't know if it was an out an article or kind of Woodgate was saying himself, but obviously there's 
there's just a lack of options. So if people are out of form, there's not many players you can change them with anyway. You know that that's a thing. That's also a Brit. Brit knows he's probably going to be in the team again, or if he is dropped, okay, Ashley Fletcher's playing and then Tav's playing behind him or whatever. But he's going to come on. So it's kind of like there's not much you can change. So um, I think is Shotton still going to be injured? Either of you know? Don't he didn't. He didn't say anything. I don't think we'll get. He, he mentioned just then Randolph and Friend, but he didn't. I don't think he mentioned Shotton. Right. Okay. So it's, it's a bit tough to kind of. You know, if if he's back, I'd go with obviously Fry, Aller, and, and Shotton. Um, Housen, uh, right wing back. Um, a bit tough. We've we've played a few people that sort of left back, left wing back. Um, I'll go Hayden Coulson um, in midfield. I'll I'll leave Clitz out again. I I don't know what to do in midfield with all of them. I I think I I don't know what is the right system for them all in, in central midfield at the moment. Um but I'd go yeah, I'd go wing, um Savile and McNair. Couldn't think of McNair there. And uh Fletcher and Britt, I don't think Tav's been all he hasn't made that much of a difference. And I, I just I'd rather have both of them two on the pitch than, than Tav. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I do like the partnership of, of Brett and Fletcher. Um, if Shotton is still injured, then we're going to have to put Tav in and then uh, McNair centre-back. But, I mean, there is, potentially, you said it, Johnny, Dykesteel centre-back, but then who else? Who else can play there? Um, it just there's no one, is there? Yeah, nobody. Yeah. We were all saying about the lack of options yeah. up front. Nathan Wood and then obviously a friend was fit as well, but obviously friend's not fit. So. Yeah, Wood's an, Wood's a shout, but then do you? It's all about managing your young players, isn't it? Do you just kind of throw that out the window and just say, right, yeah, get your kit on and play? If, you, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Mm-hmm. But we have seen with Tav, I think his career stalled slightly because I think we put him in too early under Gary Monk. Yeah. So you true. I don't know. I agree. I would. You know what? I want to campaign for the five-two-three. Johnny's campaign of the week. Um, people actually were saying it was a good idea as well. So no, thank, yeah, yeah. I thank think that you. was Patrick, wasn't it? Patrick. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Patrick. Stuff. Thank you, um, Team Johnny, for the win. Um, so, yeah, I'd actually try the 5 2 3. Call me crazy. Um, but I'd go I, I actually liked when you suggested the other week. The only thing I'm thinking now with it is do you not think we'll be overrunning midfield more than what we already Here. are? The amount of yeah. centre midfielders that have just dictated the play against us, would it be worse? Hear me out. Right, so. Five two three. Um what it can real it can move to is it can move to a five four one defensively if you're playing that system, but also it can make you really compact so you can set up traps um in in the play and then forces the team to go sidewards, force go back and then you try and break them on the counter attack. Don't get me wrong, we've got zero pace, but I think it's probably worth trying. Uh, so I'd go NC pairs in goal. Um, by the way, I would like oh to yeah, say... We, did, we didn't name a goalkeeper, but I don't think we really need shout to. Shout out to NC pairs, two back-to-back clean sheets, and then his debut as well, so shout out to NC pairs, even though he hasn't really had a save to make. So fair play to the kid, fair play. Um, right back, I'd have to go Johnny Housen, because we don't have another... Well, we, I'd like to play Johnny Housen in centre midfield with Paddy McNair. Now, since we don't... Want uh, have another centre half? Um, we can't do it anyway. So Housen right back. Um, I'd go if Shotton's fit. Shotton, Ayala, Fry, and then Hayden Coulson. Then I'd go Savile and 
Paddy McNair in midfield. Then in the three up top, I would go Tav, Marcus Brown, and Britta Sambalonga. Okay. So, the reason being is because what we're able to do... You know, put Tav on the left, Brown on the right. And what we're able to do there is have much more of an effective overlap system. So, what we can do with that is if we put Hayden Coulson on the left with Tav, for example, we have the ability there to get the wing backs forward. Um, and then we have the protection there if we need to. So, if we if we can have one midfielder going forward, so you've technically got four people going forward. And then if you've got someone on the back, so you're covered really, you've got six four at the back. So, it's like. It works. I think the five-two-three would work, and it it works so well for um, works so well for wolves when they went up. But it's it's very similar to a three-four-three. Three. So like, um, is that a th- is that a narrow three or a wide three up front? A three-four-three, three. Uh, or no, the, the, the three five, up front. Five, two, three. Um, it would be more of a, you know, what it would be quite. Well, where I would position it, or how I'd want to position it, is where you have Britain in the centre, and then on the edge of the box, where say on the ta- on the, ta- on the tactics yeah. board, you'd want your your two centre forwards around about there, so it gives the the space for the for the uh, full backs to get forward, and it also allows you to have a two v one on the full backs as well. So there you go. And yep. score predictions, quick. One one. One one. Nil nil. Nil nil. I'm gonna say one nil Middlesbrough. <laughs> one nil Middlesbrough. I don't care how it goes in. It's gonna go in. Jade and Bogle and Bogle win one nil. See, optimistic Johnny's coming back again. Uh, so that pretty much wraps things up. I'm just going to quickly go on the mid Paul podcast and. Mid Paul no. podcast? Mid podcast. Mid podcast, Paul. My dyslexia flying out there again. Um, there we are. It's 69% have said yes. Um, Gibson should come out and address the borough's uh, current situation. And 31% said no. Lewis Thompson's comment saying what situation? That he's run, he's losing one million pound a month running the club, so he has to cut spending. Do we really need him to tell us that? Well, actually, he's not losing money; he's investing money. So if you invest in money, you can actually get a return. So just throwing it out there. Sorry, Lewis. Um, I know you listen to the podcast as well. Um, but that's pretty much it, guys. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, guys, like, share, subscribe um, to the Borough Breakdown channel on SoundCloud and all the uh, podcast apps. Uh, give us a five-star rating on iTunes and give us a review on there because that helps us get charted like we did the, pre- the last couple of weeks. So thank you very much for that. So that is pretty much it. Um, I'm Johnny. I'm with Dana. I'm with Elliot. It can't get any worse, can it? Benelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Benelli spots out. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.